You're listening to a Soul Fire Productions podcast. Ooh, ooh, we got my girl Kelly Kristen on the pod today. Love having another Kelly on the show. Ah, trauma bonds and love traps, motherfuckers. Yep, we went there. Trauma bonding. I was really excited to talk with Kelly because I've never really got deeply into that on the podcast. Um, Something I talk about in my personal life, not that I've ever experienced this because I'm perfect, obviously. (laughs) But uh, trauma bonds are very real and it feels like they're running rampant a little bit. And these love traps that we get in. So we talk about toxic relationships, how to identify them and get out of them. We ask ourselves the question, why do we choose and attract these toxic relationships. Um, we also talk about twin flames. <laughs> and I really, really, really love Kelly's perspective on this. She made me giggle. Um, spirituality is really fucking funny. We also talk about justifying bad behavior. So, so excited for you to meet Kelly. She is a phenomenal woman and this is such a fun conversation. So let's get to it. Okay, so I haven't really talked about this much on the show, so I'm so excited that this is like your forte and you really understand this because I, you know, when you you feel something and you know something, but you can't verbalize it or teach on it, I kind of feel like that's where I am, but I feel like you can teach on this. So I want to talk about trauma bonds. <laughs> oh, awesome. Yeah. Um, I understand it. I, I want to share my experience um, in not in a, a romantic relationship. But I think this this is my context for it. And I would love to hear all your things. But I saw trauma bonding when I had chronic illness and I would go into these forums and it was like everyone's bonding over this pain and experience they're having, which then I felt we all were just wrapping our identities in being sick. But it was like being sick helped us get attention and then feel like we had a place where we belonged in this community. And I remember when I started healing. I couldn't stay because it felt like I was just getting sucked back into being sick when I wanted to shift that into I'm healthy now. And so I had to bail and I even changed my podcast. I stopped talking about chronic illness because I felt like the trauma bonding and this like need to be sick in order to fit in was really toxic. Um, So that's my best example of what trauma bonding is. But can you talk about it a little more? And, And I know it's like so nuanced and there's so many ways you can trauma bond. Yeah. So I think the kind of trauma bonding that you're talking about wouldn't necessarily be a trauma bond that we talk about in relationships. Mm -hmm. They're a little bit different because what you're talking about is more like identifying like with just a similar thing and people holding onto it as their identity. And we see this a lot within chronic illness, right? Where people like, this is who I am. This is what I have. This is what I have to deal with in my life. And I get that, you know, and in having chronic diseases is terrible. And there is still ways to empower yourself through that. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think what you're talking about is people really being stuck in sort of the, the victimization of it where, well, if I have this thing wrong with me, then it also is like a reason why I don't have to live my life in a certain other way. It's a reason why I don't have to get myself out there and do other things because I always have this to fall back on, like, this is what I have. This is who I am. But when you can stop identifying with your illness and just go, well, this is something that is present right now and I can still live my life and I can still do other things. And I think even how I approach, you know, people healing with toxic relationships, which is what I help women with. I, I'm not somebody who will let like my groups talk about every single thing that happened in their relationship. And there's a very specific reason for this. I don't want to have you just show up and just blurt out all of the trauma that you've been through because that actually doesn't help. And actually, if we repeat our trauma over and over and over again, we just keep re-identifying with it. And we actually just keep can actually have those feelings come up in our body because that's where the trauma lives in our body. So for that's one side of it. Now, Trauma bonds, when we're talking about relationships, are slightly different because, and there's, like you said, it's very nuanced. There's many layers to this. And every toxic relationship, in a sense, will have some level of a trauma bond. And toxic relationships can go from, 
you know, just feeling like, God, this is just not a healthy relationship for me. This is not a healthy thing for me. I don't necessarily feel good all the way to very bad abuse, right? So there's a big range within that. But all of those involve trauma bonds. If you feel like I just have to be with this person and I don't know why, even though they don't treat me well, but I feel like I have to be with them. Well, that's kind of a clear indication that there's some trauma bonding going on. And in that sense, what we're talking about is that you have similar old trauma, like childhood trauma. Okay. Oftentimes we'll link up with people that are subconsciously symbolic of our parental relationships. And we do that because it's actually our inner child's attempt to heal from the early childhood trauma that we had. And trauma can be, you know, emotional neglect or trauma can be all the way to abuse. Again, there's a wide range of that, but that's where trauma bonding comes in. Can I stop you right there? This is so great. And I don't want to interrupt, but I want to ask a question because I've never fucking heard anyone say it like that. And I was like, oh my God. Okay. (laughs) You, so in Kelly's layman terms, you choose a partner who's like, your dad. So let's say you choose an alcoholic partner who and your dad was an alcoholic. In my mind, and maybe I'm not hearing this correctly, so you can tell me that. But in my <laughs> mind, it's like I'm choosing the partner because that behavior is something I know and I'm comfortable with. Is that fair to say? Yeah, that's part of it. OK. So, and so what yeah. so then you're saying on top of that is I, I'm also choosing that because my inner child is unconsciously trying to heal what I dealt with with my dad. Absolutely. And that's the that's a big, big point, because subconsciously we find familiarity safe. And as humans, we like things that are safe because it's predictable. And it doesn't matter if your childhood was incredibly chaotic, all kinds of things going on. You had a dad that was alcoholic, that wasn't there for you, all kinds of things. If that is what you subconsciously learned and is inside of your body, it's inside of your brain as familiar, well, then you are going to seek that out. Even you could even say like, oh, I don't want that. I don't even want a person who's anywhere like my dad. But then you end up with that. Why? Because subconsciously it feels like, oh, I know this person, you know, he just gets me. We really click on some level. That's your subconscious familiarity. So, you know, oftentimes we say like chemistry, like when you have instant chemistry with somebody, we, you know, we see that in like TVs and movies and we think, oh, that's great. Like, that's what I want. I want to feel all those butterflies. And, you know, that's how it should be. And I'm like, no, actually that's your subconscious going, hey, hey, this person reminds me of mom or, hey, this person reminds me of dad. I know you and I know what's going to happen. And therefore I feel safe, even though I might not actually be safe in that. Right. And then, but part of that as well is when we have the unresolved childhood stuff is if if, you know, if I have a, a wound where I felt like my father abandoned me or something like that, right? And that's a really common one, right? We have abandonment wound, rejection wounds, super common. If I feel like that, well, if I can get a person that's similar to my dad, if I can get that person to choose me and not abandon me, well, then it feels like I healed that relationship with dad. And I healed that old wound. Unfortunately, what we do is we pick people that are very much like, you know, the the father or whatever in this example. And of course, this is just an example. There's so many different ways this can play out. But we pick somebody who is like that and we try to make them not like that because our it's our inner child taking over. It's our inner child saying, but if you would just do this, if you could just show me this, and we might even push the person so much that they end up leaving us because the thing is, in our mind is, you know, he's just going to leave me. He's going to abandon me. Well, if you believe that and you tell yourself that, and that's your inner dialogue and that's tied to your identity of who you are, somebody who gets left, somebody who doesn't deserve love, whatever it is, if that's who you believe you are, well, you're going to keep perpetuating that in your life because it comes from you because the energy comes from you because you'll actually sabotage. You know, I see this a lot as well, where we say we want one thing in a relationship, but unless you do the subconscious work, oftentimes we sabotage really good, healthy relationships because we don't know how to handle it because it's so uncomfortable to actually be healthy. Mm -hmm. So can you pick someone that you trauma bond with and that be a healthy relationship? If both partners are really willing to work on it and work on themselves separately and the relationship together. Is it possible? Absolutely. Is it likely? 
I, <laughs> that I don't know. I always say this to people because, um, you know, I think a lot of times we live in fantasy world. We live in and there's, you know, reasons that our brain does that to protect us. You know, we live in denial. We live in fantasy. This is actually called cognitive dissonance. It's something that we do in a lot of different areas in our life, but it's really bad in relationships. And we do this to protect ourselves from feeling the shame about being in a relationship that we might not necessarily be proud of or in a relationship where we're not being treated well. So we create these fantasy worlds that, you know, well, it's not so bad, you know, this one nice thing happened like a month ago, two years ago. So that's good. You know, and I'm going to hold on to that, but we, we, we want to just make sure that we're not living in fantasy. You know, one of the major things that I do is get everyone back to reality. What's really going on here. If you think about, you know, I assume a lot of people listening to this podcast are people that are into personal growth, doing the work on themselves, wanting to change a little bit, wanting to be better, whatever it is. Think about how hard it is for you to change your patterns. Think about how much effort it takes for you. You have to really want it. Like nobody just wakes up and is like, oh, I think I'll like change my deep patterns. Just, you know, have a cup of coffee, take a sip. I'm good now, right? It takes a lot of effort, work, practice. So that other person has to be completely on board that they want to do it for themselves. Not because you are like putting a book in their face. Not because you are like, hey, let's go to therapy. Not because you're like, did you, did you make your therapist called today? You know, if you're on somebody like that and they don't want to do it, well, guess what? They're not going to want to change because they have to be invested in it for themselves. Mm -hmm. So if two people are heavily invested in themselves and want to do it for themselves, and then you can come together and do that, that could work, but it takes a lot. Yeah, I agree. Okay, so if you're with someone and you're like, seeing some red flags you're like there's some fucked up shit here i don't really know what it is um i can't clearly like put my finger on it but there's there's trauma bonding going on and they're unaware they just know something's off how do we identify those pieces within the relationship uh like identifying what's off within the relationship or just like what like how do we know we're trauma bonding I guess. Mm. So I think that that's, it's, it's a little bit of a nuanced question, yeah. right? So I will give some basic things. So I, if you feel like if your girlfriend was to come to you and tell you about her relationship and the things that were going on and your answer to her would be like, what are you doing? You need to like, you deserve better than this. And you're not putting that towards yourself. That's a trauma bond. Okay. If you have the feeling like, I don't like this person. I don't even like this person, but I love this person. Hmm. That's probably a trauma bond, right? Where you go from like these big cycles of like, I don't even know why I'm with this person. I can't stand. They're not even nice to, but I have to be with them. That's a trauma bond, right? Anytime you feeling like an obsession, okay? Like say you're away from this person, but it feels like I have to talk to them. I have to be with them. And you get into these obsessive thoughts, clearly indicates traumas involved, okay? Like anytime we completely lose like that rational sort of thing, that would be trauma. So if you're feeling any of those kind of things where you just don't even understand yourself, you're like, you know, and making a lot of excuses like love is hard. You know, you got to work through this or you got to work through that. And and you don't feel good most of the time in that relationship. Then those are all pretty big indications that that's a trauma bonded relationship. I love that. It's like the the mood swings almost. This pendulum yes. is just so extreme. All right, just a brief interruption to talk about the brands I like to fuck with. So I, well, we got married, so there's that. And I am working on getting my caloric intake back up. When I stress. I don't eat and it is a problem I'm aware of, um, but it's just kind of how I deal with stress and anxiety. And I definitely lost some weight and lost quite a bit of muscle the month leading up to the wedding because I was just really stressed. And so I've been working really hard over the last week to get my caloric intake back up. And that looks like me eating more throughout the day. Usually I'll fast in the morning. I'll have lunch and dinner and maybe a snack. And now I'm snacking multiple times a day and also trying to get breakfast in there. And one of the brands I'm leaning on to help me with that caloric intake um, is Paleo Valley. They have such an incredible array of products. We love their bone broth protein, and I'm also a huge fan of their superfood bars, the lemon one. Um, hi. Yeah, 
let's be friends. So if you're someone who doesn't want to eat packaged foods and you're kind of nervous about the ingredients that are put in these things and the quality, I am here to tell you Paleo Valley is the best of the best. Everything is of the highest standard and the cleanest and it just tastes really good. There are companies out there that are super clean and they just take taste like trash and I don't want to give that to you. So I highly recommend checking out Paleo Valley. You can go to paleovalley.com. That's P-A-L-E-O-V-A-L-L-E-Y.com and enter the code Kelly T and you'll get 15% off. Okay. I also want to talk about wedding recovery. (laughs) This is going to be the theme for the next three months on The Kelly Show. Uh, No, but really. So along with not eating enough, I also get lower back pain and neck pain and headaches when I'm stressed. I wasn't like crazy stressed. But I was having I was having some moments. I had some cold feet. I got a little nervous. I felt kind of trapped. And I was like, oh, my body is feeling this physically manifesting all the stress and anxiety. And so I have been, man, I have been on the CBD train. It has been very real. And we have been moving at a very expedited pace. Um, and I'm so glad that I partnered with Cured Nutrition before the wedding so that I had CBD to support me. I do the droppers, I take the supplements, I do all the things, but the thing that I've been actually blown away by the most from Cured is their solve. Solve South. We've talked about this. I still don't know. And no one has DM'd me the proper pronunciation. So you guys are fucking failing me. Step it up. <laughs> I refuse to Google. I'm leaning on my community. Um, but I absolutely love the solve salve, um, because I am not kidding you. I have used so many different CBD rubs and they, do, they just don't work. They're just trash. And cured nutrition has done such an amazing job with this salve. It comes like in a deodorant stick. So it's not all over your hands. Thank you very much. And you can reach back, put it on your back. I put it on my shoulders. I put it on my neck all the way up to my hairline and it immediately starts like this tingling. And then there's just this release. Like when you drop your shoulders and you breathe for the first time during the day and you don't even realize you had been holding your breath. So amazing. The pain releases, everything calms down and I'm able to move again and it feels really good. So I'm so grateful to have Cured in my life. You can go to curednutrition.com, use the code Kelly T, you'll get 10% off plus free shipping as a bonus because they are amazing. Uh, I highly recommend their entire line. We are using everything um, as we recover and it is so helpful. So enjoy. This also makes me think, you know, you're in spirituality in this this space as well. So you see it. It's like the spiritual bypassing, the rationalization Mm -hmm. of things. I love when people are like, but the ayahuasca told me. And I'm like, (laughs) ayahuasca doesn't tell you to abuse people. So no, that's not a thing. Um, But it's, I, I, I find this often where we start rationalizing really toxic relationships or circumstances because of our spiritual practice. Yeah. And it's really scary. I mean, There are moments where I really have to sit with myself and be like, okay, you need to have more patience. I'm someone who runs real quick. So I'm like, be patient. What's actually going on? Have that conversation with myself, but not rationalize myself into a a negative scenario. And I definitely have teetered that line in my life, especially since I kind of have woken up. But what do we do when we are spiritual people? And we are with someone who is treating us poorly, whether it's, mm-hmm. you know, emotional, physical abuse, or it's just, just a nasty situation. Yeah. So it's interesting because I really, I, I think some of these concepts that people can hold on to and bypass are like soulmates and twin flames. And twin flames to me is a giant red flag. Now, I'm not here to debate whether twin flames are real or not. I don't care if they're real or not. But if somebody is abusing you, guess what? You are not cosmically supposed to be with that person. That is not the person you were supposed to be with forever. Okay. And people use that as as part of that fantasy building. Well, you know, I know that he does this or she does this, but it's it's my twin flame and we're supposed to be together karmically and blah, 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 and all of this stuff. No, you're not. And what that comes down to is like not having high enough self-worth, right? Because we, ex- we accept the love that we believe we deserve. If you believed you deserved better than abuse, if you actually treated yourself better than self-abuse, then you wouldn't accept somebody else's abuse, okay? And that's really what it's about. And that's a lot of the work that I do is increasing your own self-worth, how you see yourself, how you treat yourself. 
because that's actually number one. That's what's going to reflect everything out. If you're not somebody who self-abuses, then you're not going to take abuse from somebody else. Okay. I will say this. Anybody who is abusing you, who is treating you badly, who is making you feel like you don't matter or you're not worthy or all of these things is not somebody that you are supposed to be with. Can it be a lesson for you? Sure. Can we talk about like karmic contracts and soul contracts? Maybe, like maybe that's a thing. I don't know. But I also think sometimes, you know, we listen to spiritual teachers as like there's that they know more than us and, and you know more about yourself and what's right for you than anybody. And you, if you have to go out and look for reasons why to justify your relationship or to justify why you should be together, that's a problem. I know you work with so many women in healing their toxic relationships with themselves and with other people, because really it is about ourselves at the end of the mm-hmm. day. Like you just said, it's that self-worth conversation. What are the things that you're seeing that is, I mean, and I've been in plenty of toxic relationships, so this is for me too, is what, what are you seeing are the sort of gateways or the funnels into toxic relationships? How do we end up in these situations? Yeah. So I think the number one gateway is not having self-worth in the form of boundaries and standards. That's number one. If you don't have standards, okay, and I'll think I'll talk about my own previous self because guess what? Like the reason I do this work is because like your girl had some hard times. (laughs) It wasn't fun. It was not good. (laughs) So you know, it's really one, we go into dating or whatever. And it's like, I used to be this way where it was like, you know, if I thought this person was attractive and we had a spark, it was like, oh yeah, we'll date. No standard, no, like uh, what kind of person are they? What kind of values do they have? It was just like, yeah. And, and then you just get together. So wild now that I think about it, mm-hmm. right. That's sort of number one is like, what are your standards? Like, what are you actually looking for? What are you looking for? Because if you don't decide what it is that you want, you don't have a vision and not what you want as far as like, oh, you know, he's five, five, eleven with uh, blue eyes. That doesn't matter. Right. But like, who is this person inside? How are they? Right. How do they treat people? What's important to them? Because those things have to, to have to be aligned. But when we don't go with that, well, then it's like we accept anything that comes along, you know, and, and it takes effort to be able to hold that standard. And it, because, you know, loneliness comes in, when am I going to find this person? You know, I've been dating and, and, you know, then I'll just accept whatever it is because I'd rather do that than be alone. This is why you really have to learn to be your own best friend, like to be somebody that you really like being with. Because here's the thing, if you don't like being with yourself, and this is why like self-love, self-care, like really appreciating you for the person you are is so important. Because if you don't do that, and if you don't value your own self highly, well, let's say we'll just use a scale of one to 10 for ease. Like, let's say that you with yourself and your self-worth, you're about at like a two. Well, somebody can come along at a three, which is not very good. Come along at a three, treat you a little bit better than you treat yourself. And guess what? You like how you feel more when you're with that person who doesn't even treat you very well. than you like when you're alone because you treat yourself badly and you don't value yourself. And then guess what? When we like ourselves more, when we're with somebody that feels like love. Because it's more about how you feel about yourself. And that's the trap that we fall into. Whereas if I'm at like a nine with myself and somebody comes along at a three, well, I want absolutely nothing to do with them because we're not even on the same level. We're not even vibrating. I'd be like, that person, you know, is just not for me. And that's why it's really important. And the the other thing I want to say about boundaries is if somebody pushes a boundary on you, And early on in your relationship, like if you say you're not comfortable with something or if, you know, something just feels like a violation to you early on in a relationship, that is a very clear indication that that person is going to be abusive on some level. Because people that are abusive, whether it's emotional, physical, whatever it is, they push your boundaries. They have zero respect for your boundaries. So if you're with somebody and, you know, they make a sexual advance on you and you push them back or whatever it is and try to hold that. And they don't respect that. That's like, for me, that's a walk away. We're we're good. Like, I'm going to leave that there. You know, if I tell you I don't want to do something and then like you book it anyway, after I told you no, 
I'm, that's a clear indication of like, no. So th- those are kind of the things that I would look out for is what is your standard? Is that person? And not that you need to have expectations on people because it's like dating really is just, it, it should be something where you're like, it's fun. We're getting to meet each other. You know, it's not like every first date is like, is this person going to be the person I'm with forever? No, it's just like getting to know somebody. And if you guys are on the same level or not, and if not, well then move on to the next one. Yeah. You know, I've, I've talked to a few different people and everyone has different perspectives and I'm sure this is like, everyone has their own experience, so it doesn't matter, but I'm just curious your perspective on doing the work in a relationship versus on our own. I really feel like it's a blend of both, but I don't feel like a lot of our healing can come when we're alone because we also require someone else to trigger the fuck out of us and be our beautiful (laughs) little mirror so that we can actually see the things within us. So where, where do you stand on that? Sure. I think there's a certain level that you want to do on your own as far as self-worth goes and valuing yourself, right? Like that can't come from another person. However, and not that there's ever like a 100% healed thing that doesn't exist. We're always evolving learning. That's part of the human condition, but we have to grow through certain things in relationship. We get hurt in relationship. We, we don't get hurt by ourselves, right? Like we don't, you know, we need, other, we need other people to experience different traumas and things. That's how it works. And we also need other people to heal those things. And especially when you really get into the nitty gritty of gritty of like nervous system repair and things like that, well, absolutely, that's going to need to involve another person because they're the person triggering us. And really, one of the things in healing that's so important for your nervous system is let's say that, uh, and I'll, I'll use an example from my own life, okay? And this is, it's so funny as it was happening because I was like, wow, this is so crazy. So I'm in a very healthy relationship now and we've been together for about four years. Um, but I spent a long time healing, you know, on my own and then get into this relationship. And I really had to learn, you know, be able to sit with triggers and move through them in a different way. So he was like out of town for something and he needed, he needed shoes for something. And I was like going to pick him up at the airport, but I had a rental car because my car was being worked on. And then something happened and I changed back to my car, it was done early. And I left the shoes in the rental car. Okay. And I didn't think about it. And then I, Um, I, I was freaking out because the rental car place closed and I couldn't get the shoes. And I was like, Oh my God, he needs the shoes. And I'm freaking out about these shoes and my heart is racing. And I'm like, Oh my God, he's going to be so mad. I didn't do what he said. Like I didn't get the shoes and I'm freaking out. Okay. And he's, he's not even like that. All right. This was all just like trauma from past relationships. Right. And I'm like, I'm, I'm talking to myself like, I'm so stupid. Like, how could I do this? Like, I always forget things. Why am I so forgetful? You know, all this stuff. And then I'm so nervous to tell him I don't have the shoes. Okay. I think I'm like, so sorry. I don't have the shoes. And I'm like waiting for him to like be mad. And he's just like, okay. No. <laughs> he's like, he's like, yeah, okay. No worries. We'll figure it out. And okay. you've like shit your pants and you're sweating. I- and <laughs> I'm freaking out, but it's so ridiculous that I'm just like, but, but in that moment with his reaction of, yeah, it's okay. Don't worry about it. My whole entire body was able to relax in an instant. And that right there helped me heal because now I don't have that trigger anymore because when your nervous system is expecting to go one way and that's how you've been and that's where it's programmed. And then it goes another, it's like an instant release. And that's why, you know, uh, you've seen these memes floating around or something that's like be with people that are good for your nervous system. And that's what it means when you have, you know, when you're in a heightened state, when your nervous system has that old subconscious expectation of this is going to go bad. And, you know, for, for really silly things, even you can in that moment, breathe through it. You can in that moment sit there and go, yeah, this is not who I have to be anymore. This is not how I have to be anymore. And that's how we heal in relationship. Mm, That's so good. I have those experiences with Connor as well, where I'm reacting to someone else and he's standing Mm -hmm. there like, you act like I've hit you before. Like the way you're responding, is just like so over the top and so crazy. And he's like, he's just pretty chill about everything. Same as you. Like, he's (laughs) like, okay. And he's, he always yells at me, like, please stop apologizing to me. Like, please stop. 
And I'm just so accustomed and I've never been hit in a relationship. I just want to be clear about that. But I'm so accustomed to having to apologize for myself and Mm-hmm. and be a certain way and make myself small. And so I'm in this relationship where there's just such ease and grace. And he's like, it's okay. And even if I do piss him off, like we get over it really quickly. That level of healthiness is so uncomfortable. I don't, yeah. I, I haven't known how to operate in it. I'm, I'm so much more used to that chaos you were talking about. And you're right. It's your nervous system becomes accustomed to that. It's like, that's the baseline, which is you know yeah. so high up and it's so unhealthy. Um, I'm like, no wonder I was always sick and feeling crazy. But then you get to this like calmness and you have to adjust and you have to allow for that. And you have to create the space to allow yourself to operate in that type of relationship. And I think back to what you were saying, we'll sabotage ourselves in healthy relationships because we don't even know what that is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's important because it's like in that moment where you have to have a lot of self-awareness to do this, right? Because you have to be aware with yourself like, oh yeah, I might be overreacting in this situation. Okay, so self-awareness is the key before anything can change. You have to be aware of who you are. You got to be aware of how you're, you know, why you're doing the things that you're doing. You have to be aware of your body. And this is huge, being aware of your body. Like in that moment where I was freaking out in the car and everything else. And I'm, and I know I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm just, this is going to be so bad. You know, I also had to sit with that and let my, myself settle and be in that because the other side, if I wasn't ready for that, if I had not done all the self work, right. To get to the place where I, I was aware enough that that's what was going on. Well, then in that moment, I probably could have just like, shown up and and wanted to fight with him or something because I was freaking out because my system was in fight or flight mode. And he'd be like, why are you fighting with me? I literally didn't do anything. Yes. <laughs> right. But that's the thing. It's like where you are, you, you know, you have to check yourself. Are you somebody who is starting fights with this person just to create chaos? You know, a lot of people do that when you're addicted on that emotional roller coaster and that's your baseline. Well, you're going to want to keep creating that for for just because it feels safe and comfortable to you. And oftentimes when you're somebody who has been addicted to that chaos, well, a healthy relationship where the person's just like, okay, cool. It feels kind of boring in a sense, you know, and, and we've even, you know, seen different things on TV and stuff like, oh, you're not going to fight with me. You know, all couples fight or this or that. And it's like, while yes, there is conflict in relationships, there's a big difference between metered conflict and fighting. Yes. Connor always yells at me when I tell people we fight. He was like, can you please stop telling people we fight? We do not fight. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like but I'm like excited. It's a thing. And he's like, that is not fighting. I have fought in relationships. This is not fighting. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, okay. This is interesting. It really does feel like this just kind of elevated conversation of like, I'm upset. You're upset. We're talking about it, but there's compassion. We're listening to each other. Sometimes we need a little space and then we come back together and we're like, okay, we're good. And it is, it is very interesting when you can get to that place. So I was so excited at the wedding because we had all these dope goodie bags that we were able to give to everyone throughout the weekend. And I also was able to stock people's fridges and coolers and the bar at the wedding. And it was so great because we had element on site and it was so hot in Texas. And then it was raining all week and I was living off of element and I was stressed and I wasn't eating. Like, why is this a continued theme in my life? Um, but that's why I knew I needed element to recover and to rehydrate and get my electrolytes going. Um, and it was so amazing. I love seeing people drinking element at the wedding reception, um, and using their packs the entire weekend, you know, people were drinking, And it was warm and we were dancing all night and it was so fun. And so Element was just the perfect addition for all of us to feel our very best at the end of the weekend when all of the fun and excitement was over. Um, So I would love for you to try out Element. You can go to drinkelement.com. That's drinklmnt.com. Use the code KellyT and you'll get a sampler with their new flavors for just $5 for shipping. Okay, here's the other thing. Organifies gold, chocolate, chocolate, gold, heaven in a jar has returned. We're so excited. We were actually talking about it on our mastermind for Soul Fire today because Organifi is amazing and sponsors so many of the Soul Fire production shows. And we are all obsessed with the chocolate gold. We're like, it is life. 
it is everything because clearly we're a bunch of basic bitches. If you guys know me and Christina Rice and Samantha Oliver, you know that's what's up. Um, shouts to my girls. But we, oh, we love the chocolate gold. We are all drinking it every day. Everyone is buying it right now. We are all stocking up because it's, because it is seasonal. You can't get it all the time. So make sure you jump on the Organifi chocolate gold train and be a basic bitch with the rest of us. And if you're starting to buy Christmas presents, um, because you probably should, because in case you didn't know, apparently, you know, every company is going to shut down for the holidays and not be able to deliver anything. So I would suggest ordering things now and you'll get them in time. I know that's a good idea. If you go to Organifi.com slash Kelly T, you'll get 20% 20% off your order. That's Organifi, O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com slash Kelly T and you'll get 20% off. I want to go back to what you were talking about earlier and butterflies and shit in the beginning of relationships because, mm-hmm. you know, the prince and the princess and it's the whole thing and we want this magical fairy tale like you talked about and the more and more I hear people who do the work that you do talking about whether it's trauma bonding and toxic relationships or dating in general, they're like, a lot of this is red flags and we think the opposite. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. what, what is it supposed to feel like in a healthy way when you first meet someone and you're in the honeymoon stages and you can't get enough of each other? Mm-hmm. And I definitely think there still is that, right? There still is that feeling of like, I love being around this person. You know, I want to be around this person. It feels good. A lot of oxytocin is flowing. Like that's an amazing time. And it's not that that doesn't happen. But the thing is, is that when we feel like, you know, we see somebody and it's like instant, like, oh, who is that person? And I just feel like that there's something about this person, right? That's still okay. And what are your standards? And does that person live up to those standards, right? So it's not that that is an automatic red flag walk away or anything like that, but it's who is this person? Just because you're attracted to somebody, just because you feel that doesn't mean that they are right for you. Doesn't mean you should sleep with them. Doesn't mean you should have a relationship with them. Right. It's really about holding that standard. And oftentimes like that instant level of attraction that, you know, we kind of fantasize about is purely your subconscious flagging saying, hey, now maybe you get to a point where you've done a lot of your own work. Well, maybe the people that you're feeling that for are different now. You know, because our subconscious blueprint is our blueprint, but we can change our subconscious. We can change what feels comfortable to us. It's not like we're destined to be in that. Like myself, you know, I'm in a very calm relationship now and that feels really good. I couldn't possibly be in like an up and down chaotic, toxic relationship right now because it would just feel terrible to me and I don't want to do that. You know, so maybe if I was going to be instantly attracted to somebody, well, maybe they'd be a lot more calm now because I myself subconsciously have changed to that. Mm -hmm. So I think, so I think that there's some nuance there, but it's, it's always, does this person meet the standard for me? You know, and do they have the things that I am looking for in a person that I want to be with, that I want to spend my time with? The reality is, is time is what we have on this earth. Like, that's it. And I say this a lot, like every day, you know, we're all going to die. That is inevitable. We don't know when, we don't know how, but literally everybody is going to die. We have a finite amount of time. Do I want to spend the limited amount of time I have on this earth with that person? And that for me is the standard for friendships. That for me is the standard for intimate relationships. That's the standard for what am I doing? you know, in a day to day is like, do I want to spend my time on this? And if the answer is like, no, a lot of the time, you know, that's, that's a pretty clear indication that something is off there. Yeah. You know, would you want this person if you all of a sudden uh, had an unexpected pregnancy, right? Maybe something unplanned. Would you want that person to be the father of your child? Really think about that. Because if not, And what are you doing? You know, really, what are you doing with that person? And that's, and the thing is, the reality is we can have anything that we want when it comes to relationships, but we have to believe that's what we deserve. And that's, again, why it always comes back to you. What do you value about yourself? How do you feel about yourself? 
what you believe you deserve is what you have been accepting. So take an honest look at that. What is that? And if it's not that great, well, then that's where the work's got to start. This is an interesting thought from what you were just saying. And I see this quite a bit with women, especially in the uh, (laughs) I'm going to manifest everything world. I want to call it like toxic manifestation because I think it's <laughs> trash. Um, but we almost limit ourselves because we create these lists and we're like, he must be six, four with brown hair and blue eyes. He must do this for work. And he says these things to me and he treats me like this. And then we don't find that person. And we're like, the universe fucking hates me and I'm never going to find love. And I'm over here like, I feel like you need to kind of open it up a little bit because maybe he's blonde. Maybe he checked all those boxes and he's blonde. Um, So as we are healing, whether we're coming out of toxic relationships or we're looking to attract that partner and and have that safety that you and I both experience now. What do you find is important in calling that person in while not limiting yourself at the same time? Sure. For me, it's it's an energetic process. So like I said earlier, it's not about the, they get their six foot with blue eyes, blonde hair. None of that matters, right? It's really about the feeling of how do I feel when I'm with this person? And for manifestation purposes, you need to get yourself energetically aligned to that level of a person, right? An interesting thing that I have um, people go through in my group program is in the first week, I, I do a lot of embodiment work. So again, nervous system stuff, feeling what's actually going on in your body. And I actually go through a process where I have them feel what love feels like to their body, not what you think love is, but what does it actually feel like inside? And 99% of everybody is blown away. Like, oh my gosh, I feel terrified. I want to run. I want to do all of these, all of these things, you know, well, that's what we have to work on is that because manifestation is more energetic. It's more of a feeling. It's who you're being. It's not necessarily what it is that you're thinking, right? Thoughts are important for sure, but it's actually much more important as who you're being. So if you're thinking that you want to love that feels safe and good and this person and he does this and he does that, but your body doesn't associate that person with love, well, you could find that person even and not be attracted to them. Or you might never find that person because you're not energetically aligned to that. And it's really more about identifying the feeling of how do I want to feel? I want to feel safe. And well, what's that mean to you? Where do you feel that in your body? You know, can you sit with that feeling? Can you expand into that feeling? Can you practice opening through the times that you're triggered? Can you breathe into the places where your body closes when you think about love and open instead? And the more that you do that and the more open you are to that, well, then more of that you're going to bring onto that level. Now, certain part of lists, I think, are important in the sense of what are my values? And does that person have similar values to me? Because that's really important. You know, if we're not on that level together, then we're probably not going to be very happy together, even if we're very attracted to one another and we have a lot of chemistry and all of these things, right? So certain things are important. Um, you know, for me, it's like, I definitely had my list of like, before I met, um, my amazing man that I'm with now, like I had my list of things and even some were very random. And the weirdest thing is that he was all of those things, (laughs) you know, I'm like, oh, he's going to be a poet and like, write me poetry, like random things like that. And he's actually like a world known, like a spoken word poet, like he's traveled and done amazing things like that. So it was just kind of strange that all of that happened. But I also had to just get into the feeling of, I deserve a love like this. I deserve a love where somebody writes me poetry. I deserve a love where somebody makes me meals and, you know, sits with me and tells me how great I am, who takes me on surprise trips just because and wants to do nice things for me. I deserve that. Right. So you can make your list all you want. But if you don't get yourself to the energetic place of I deserve this, this is my life. It's not really going to matter. I love that so much. We've talked a lot about romantic relationships in terms of toxicity, but I know that you have probably experienced this as I have with toxic relationships with other women. Mm. Um, and friendships and it starts at a really young age. I remember being bullied in like second grade and it just continued on until my TV career with like 45 year old women. It's a, it's a whole thing, right? It's the reality for a lot of people. And 
it's really hard. I think it's almost harder to break up with a friend than it is a guy. Cause it's like, we're in relationships with guys and in and out, but like girls are girls, you know, that's, that's my girl. And we go through a lot together and then someone starts treating someone poorly and there's emotional abuse or there's gaslighting and there's lots of different things going on. Boundary violations are huge. Yes. So how do we, I guess maybe it's the same, I don't know, but identify the toxicity in our female friendships and also exit in a way that feels good for us. Yeah. So I think the biggest thing with toxicity is like, does this feel good for me most of the time? If so, that's okay. If not, we have a problem, right? Do I sort of tense up in my body when I think about this person or think about being around this person or hanging out with them? Mm, Clear indication something's going on there. So it's like, what are your communication skills? Really? I think a lot of us, anytime that we're feeling resentment towards someone in any capacity, they have violated a boundary within us and we haven't said anything, right? So the resentment, that's sort of on us because if we have, you know, the awareness and I really want to say this because I see this over and over and over again, and this is the problem. We're not honest with people. We're not honest with people. We want to be, you know, quote unquote, nice. There's a big difference between nice and being kind. When you're being nice and you're people pleasing, what you're doing is you're actually saying, I would rather lie, not be upfront about this to avoid how uncomfortable it makes me to feel like this confrontation or whatever it is. So you're actually being manipulative. So people that think they're super nice and that's just who they are is actually manipulation. And it comes from childhood stuff that you learned to do a long time ago, but that's what it is. And so instead of being nice, instead of being people pleasing, we need to learn to be kind. Honesty is kind and there's a way to do it. But if a friend violates something for you, it's, you know, then maybe you think it's nice to go, oh, it's no big deal. Well, the kind thing to do is say, hey, you know, when you said this, it actually really hurt my feelings. And I'd like to just talk about this because I don't feel like I can be myself around you if you're going to, when you act like this, whatever it is. But we need to be upfront with people about what's really going on, because otherwise all we're doing is just perpetuating this. And then we end up having to, you know, put on this smiley face that we don't really want to have on. And we end up being somebody that we're really not, you know, so I think communication is really important. Getting to the place where we can actively speak what our truth is. And the reality is, if you are in any relationship, friendship, intimate relationship, whatever it is. If you are not speaking your truth and you feel like you can't speak your truth, that's a huge red flag. And maybe that comes from you because you've had problems doing that in the past. And that's something that you can work on. And if that person doesn't respect your truth, not the person for you, not the friend for you. But the more that you come into yourself, the more you're able to express yourself and who you are, the wrong people are going to fall away. And the right people are going to come into your life. And it's unfortunate that I think, you know, we have a lot of sisterhood wounding in our society. I know I've dealt with it. Gosh, I can just remember from such a young age, just feeling just totally stabbed in the back by, you know, girls and and women all, you know, forever. And it's a lot to do with societal things. You know, we do live in a patriarchal structure of society. And that has caused women to compete with one another. Um, we're still learning that we're not the, we, there's room for us at the table. We're still learning that, you know, and that's why it's really important for me. I do group programs and I prefer that over one-on-one coaching because there's also another aspect that's happening in the, in the group is that women are helping each other to heal. And that's the most beautiful thing in the world. You know, I'm in the middle of, of one of my programs right now and we're five weeks in. We still have a few more weeks to go. And the amount of love that is pouring out from these women, literally, I'm like getting emotional about it right now because it is so beautiful. So not only are they healing from the toxic relationships from the men in their life, but they're healing the toxic relationships from the women because they are so held and they're able to show up so truthfully and no one has anything bad to say to them no one has like oh you should do this or you should do that we just accept because we've been there and we know 
And that to me is really important. We need spaces as women. You know, that's why it's important for the work that you do, giving space for women to come in and just be themselves and be accepted as themselves. Because the more healing that we can do between women, the more we can ripple that out into society. And the more we can let that competition just to go to the wayside because we don't need it. Yes. Yes, Kel. I love it. I love it so much. It's so good. Oh, thank you for sharing that. Thank yeah. you for being here. Uh, you yeah. mentioned your program. So tell everyone how they can work with you. Yeah. So if you are in the process of healing from toxic relationships and you really want to break that pattern and that cycle and you, you want to do the work to change your own subconscious blueprint, the best place is my group program, which is called Heal, Rise, Thrive. It's an eight week intimate program that I use a very specific method that I actually invented, which I call the ICE method, which is the right information, subconscious change work and embodiment practices, because we do a whole, you have to have a certain amount of information to understand what's going on and understand yourself and then be given the tools to actually change your subconscious. Not just, you know, if we just get information, if information was going to heal us, then we'd all be great and fine, right? Like everybody would be good because there's so much information in the world. So we have to do the subconscious change work, changes belief systems, and then actually do the body work. And this is where, for me, it's become really, really important. The nervous system stuff, the getting into the, the different feelings, how to expand through your triggers and all of that. So if you are interested in that, you can find it on my website, which is uh, kellykristen.co. You can find me on Instagram, which is Miss Kelly Kristen. Uh, all kinds of places. I'll be starting another round in January. So it's waitlist right now. I also have DIY programs that uh, are hypnosis based. So again, you're getting subconscious change work. So the Worthy Woman Workshop is a great place to start. It's super affordable and it just is about increasing your subconscious level of self-worth, which is so important. Again, you can find that on my website, my Instagram, all the places. I love it. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of hypnosis. I think we talked about that a bit um, when I was on your podcast uh, like a month ago. Um, yeah. And I'll be sure to link that if you haven't listened um, to that show. It was so good. That was such a fun conversation that we yeah, had. It was. Um, but thank you so much for being here, Kelly. I love chatting with you. And Yeah, thank you for having so, me. So, so great. It's been great.